0: You are listening to episode number four of the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. And today we have another awesome guest on the show. This is Patrick from High c Battery. If you need a battery expert, then this is the guy that you need to go to. So once again, I am Kyle Chittock, your host for the Bolton E-Bikes podcast, episode number four. All right, everybody, I have a very special guest for you today. We have Patrick with Hi-C Battery with us. How are you doing, Patrick?
1: Good. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Thank you for being on the show when I know that you haven't listened to it because none of these episodes have come out yet. I'm, I'm excited that so many people are excited to be on the Bolton E-Bikes podcast when they haven't even heard it yet. So thank you again for, for doing this so early on.
1: Yeah, first time I heard about it, I was ready to go.
0: <laughs> awesome! I'm glad to hear that, and hopefully that we keep uh, getting those reactions. But we got hi C Battery. Why don't you just tell us, tell the audience a little bit about what what High C Battery is and what you do there?
1: So yeah, I started hi C Battery back in 2015. I uh, you know started working on uh, you know e bikes. Uh, you know, I built my first e bike. Was it back in 2014 and just got hooked on it and uh, just, you know, reading the forum in the sphere uh, really inspired me and I learned a lot from those guys. And being from the automotive world, doing mechanic work and uh, repairs, really been able to take those skills and pivot it into, you know, high C battery where we're doing battery repairs, diagnostics and rebuilds and uh, also replacements.
0: Okay. And I've had a few batteries. I've sent a few to you to have them either checked out or rebuilt or, or build a brand new one. I know I had a customer with a stealth bike uh, and they wanted something, he wanted something very specific. So we reached out to you and, and uh, he was very happy with it. So definitely have used your services a little bit and hope to continue doing that. So are you primarily doing battery repairs and builds? Is that for e-bikes? Is that kind of the focus of the business right now?
1: Yeah, that's, The main focus is the e-bikes. We, you know, we see a big lack in support in that area. So, yeah, we want to be supporting the industry. We want to support the bike shops and, you know, the individuals as well. You know, want to be easy to talk to and uh, be able to fix things for people and just, you know, support the community, you know, giving, answering people's questions yeah, you know, I've been studying this stuff for about eight years, so I have. I just, you know, love learning about it, and there's always something new to learn. It's just exciting time to be in e-bikes.
0: <laughs> yes, it certainly is. It's, it's interesting how our stories are somewhat parallel, but took totally different paths. Because I, Bolton E-bikes, the company started in 2015 as well, and kind of went the direction of parts and pieces for bikes and then to bikes. And then you took the route of focusing on the batteries, which is something I don't do. So <laughs> it's funny how that, that works. We all find our own things. Yeah, I,
1: just, I saw a big uh, need for it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I, I think you're definitely right. That's batteries, replacement batteries. That's a big question. I mean, if you have a specific type of battery, can you have it rebuilt in a few years? You know, Does that even make sense? Those are definitely questions that I hear that I think you have the answers too.
1: Yeah, it really, it makes the most sense for the proprietary bikes, like, you know, the Bosches and Stromer's and Yamaha's and some of the iZip's, you know, it's really, we find it's really hard to find these batteries. And if you do, you know, we've possibly been sitting on the shelf since the battery was, ma- or the bike was manufactured. So, you know, are you really getting a new battery?
0: Mm, that's a good question.
1: You know, typically it's been sitting there. Yeah, so... You know, we're we're using you know name brand cells that you know are factory fresh. So you're going to get the freshest cells available, and also you know we can increase the capacity typically because you know most of these bikes come with the smallest battery that will work. So
0: <laughs> right. they come with the most cost effective one, right? <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. You know, we're looking to do upgrades and uh, just you know make the user experience the best that we can and get you riding farther because you buy that e-bike and you're always going to you know want to go farther so you know we're about supporting that
0: yeah i don't think i've ever heard anyone complain about their battery being too large that is one i have not heard
1: right (laughs) yeah like my personal battery uh so i have an 88 volt 42 amp hour on my bike it's a 3.7 kilowatt hour so yeah. yeah, I don't have range anxiety anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that so, is about uh, what maybe six times the size of of average, I would say on bikes out there at least.
1: Yeah, the only downside is it it weighs thirty six pounds, so just the battery alone. Then um, I got a high power motor as well, so my bike in total weighs one hundred twenty five pounds. And that's really the only thing I don't like about it is the weight. But
0: you got enough power to make up for that, though. It sounds like.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah. It's a, it's a real screamer.
0: (laughs) And question for you on that note, as we see more high powered e-bikes getting out there and people wanting bigger voltages, bigger batteries, I mean, how large of a battery do you build currently? I mean, what sort of voltages do you go up to?
1: So we typically, you know, we do the 24 volts, they're still out there. And then we go, you know, up to, you know, 52 volts is kind of where most of the things lie. Because when you get over sixty volts and you need to upgrade that controller to, you know, those higher voltage components and those components are less efficient. So we're we're not seeing as much in terms of you know over sixty volts. Okay. But yeah, we you know we have the capability of building you know anywhere up to a thousand volts. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we you know we're we're really focused on the light electric vehicle market. Um, you know, we see that's where the most support is needed. You know, we can build whatever you need um you know we're really focused on rebuild at this time and you know we're looking to get our shop open uh, uh looking in april and we got a couple great guys that we're hiring on that are uh, really good electronics and uh, you know they're just problem solvers and i'm really happy to have them on board
0: yeah that's awesome that you're you're offering something unique and for those, I think light electric vehicles as a term, maybe not everybody would be familiar with. What do you fit into that category of light electric vehicles?
1: Anything you can uh, ride on. So, so everything from like, you know, say the the you know the hoverboards, a skateboard, electric unicycles. The one wheel is super popular. Then we go, you know, going to the smaller e-bikes. Uh, you know, two hundred fifty watts, that you know, may, maybe not have pedals on them. Um, then, you know, we're moving up to e-bikes. Then we have kind of this gray area where, you know, we have these high power e-bikes. So, you know, my e-bike, I can take it on the bike path and turn my pedal assist on and, you know, do the 20 miles an hour and be legal there. Uh Then I can jump on the street and travel with the cars. Um, and you know, it'll do up to 60 miles an hour. I don't typically ride it that fast, but you know, it's a really great way to get around Denver.
0: It's awesome that it has that capability. When you want it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really, it's not for everybody. And I don't think I'd ever sell a bike like mine for the legality standpoint, but... Right. Um, you know, as long as you're riding safe and not uh, causing problems, I don't, you know, I don't see why not, you know?
0: Yeah, I think one of the my more recent YouTube videos, I put it out at the event, end of it, kind of when talking about e-bike classes, my opinion was, don't do dumb things. <laughs> if you don't do dumb things then everybody's going to be safe. Everybody's going to be happy. We're not going to have complaints about e-bikes. And I think just just use some common sense if you have something that's maybe a little more powerful. And and even if it's not, even if you have a 750-watt bike, you still should use just common sense on bike paths and just be, Absolutely. be polite. Because they are definitely a new thing and and there's going to be definitely some changes with laws and other things going forward. And we don't necessarily know what those are going to be yet. Now, talking about things going forward, batteries, since that's really your expertise, it seems like every week, every few days, somebody's posting a link to an article online that says new battery technology, and then we never hear a word about it. So most of us that see those articles all the time just kind of ignore them because it's like, all right, yeah, yeah, there's another new battery technology that's uh, been introduced. That's great. But I'm curious, since this is really what you do have you seen any new technologies that you think are going to be ready for prime time or that maybe maybe they're not going to be mainstream for e-bike brands yet, but maybe that you might start building batteries with sooner than later?
1: Yes. So like 2015, we saw some really great stuff coming out. Uh, so we came out with the Panasonic GA, the high capacity cells, the J one I and these are 3,500 milliamp hour cells. And then, you know, they came out with this, Samsung 30Q, which is uh, three thousand milliamp or so, but it can put out you know fifteen amp,
0: right? Which is awesome.
1: It performs really well, and that's the cell I run on my bike. So we've kind of had a period here where we haven't seen you know anything new come out. So this company in China, CATL, they're the first to commercialize uh, a new chemistry of lithium nickel manganese cobalt or NMC, and that's uh, NMC eight eleven. So the eight is, uh, it would be 80% nickel, uh, one or 10% uh, manganese, and uh, 10% cobalt. And they're getting the capacities up to like, you know, 304 watt hours uh, per kilogram, where most of the stuff we have available right now is, you know, 265 watt hours a kilogram. So, you know, we're going to have some really great stuff coming out in the future.
0: So it's not like the crazy percentages you see where people are like, oh, it's going to double the capacity or anything, but it's a substantial jump from what we've got today.
1: Yeah. And that's really using the, you know, the lithium ion chemistry. The two main chemistries that we use in e-bikes is uh, NMC and NCA. And there's different formulations of that. So the next jump would be the silicon anode. And there's a company called Silo Nano Technologies. They just, uh, secured a 45 uh, million dollar investment to add their 170 million dollar investment and uh, they uh, have a silicone dominant anode that drops into the existing manufacturing processes uh, and it replaces the graphite anode completely uh, and it delivers a 20% increase in energy density when we're using you know existing lithium iron manufacturing processes so you know all that investment that went into uh, the machines to build lithium ion cells that we use today they can use that same equipment and just add this silicon anode to the process and get that higher energy density so we're talking 350 watt hours a kilogram by you know 2021 so it's it's coming right up
0: okay that's good hope that in the next year or so we might see some things available that aren't so different that people have to retool their whole manufacturing process to get it started
1: exactly yeah so that's kind of why i see the, the silicon anode is the next thing is you know we're you know we're using all that equipment and it's already there so it's going to keep the cost down a lot because the next one would be solid state and that takes a uh, Little different equipment, I believe, but yeah. By, by 2025, we should have solid state batteries, and we're talking, you know, 500 watt hours a kilogram. So we're you know we're doubling the energy density we have now. So if you can imagine your you know your cell phone lasting for two to five days and a charge, and you know your bike you could ride twice as far, or you could have a battery that's you know half the size. And and you know when we're talking about a smaller battery, it's going to cost less. So we're using less material. Right. It's a really exciting time to be in the batteries and e-bikes and all the cool gadgets that are coming out. It seems like, you know, there's a new bike coming out every day. So I'm really, you know, really glad I focused on the battery side of things. It's where I really specialize.
0: I'm interested to see in, you know, if it's five years or whenever it is, you know, if the battery is double the capacity or half the weight, however you way you want to look at it. I feel like traditionally with cell phones, they keep making the phones slimmer and then the batteries aren't getting bigger and i'm always like but i want a bigger battery <laughs> i think with e bikes my guess is the batteries are probably going to stay the same size but the capacity is going to increase as opposed to making the bikes lighter what do you think about that
1: yeah i think that's you know where they're going to move to they're going to you know they're already starting to incorporate the battery in the down tube on a lot of the you know higher in uh, e mountain bikes yeah, we'll see that pack shrink and you know be integrated in the frame, and you know you won't be able to tell it's an e-bike uh, a lot of times.
0: Uh. Yeah, we're definitely starting to see some of those from Specialized and these other brands where they're they're really making a a push to make these high-end you know electric road bikes and make it so you can't tell if it's an e-bike or not at least from a distance or if you're riding alongside, uh, which I think is interesting that that's kind of a direction they're going. I kind of feel like oh I don't care too much if anybody knows it's an e-bike or not. <laughs> right, yeah,
1: I have no problem. <laughs> I mean mine looks like a motorcycle, so and I you know, I don't ever have any trouble,
0: so. Now range on batteries, now we talk about doubling or different things and and I feel like most e-bikes kind of advertise somewhere in the 20 to 50 mile range. There's a few that advertise 80 or 100 miles with small batteries and they're just being unrealistic in my opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. With the battery like you've got on your bike, if you rode it at twenty miles an hour, like like a normal smaller, less powerful e bike, how far do you think you would go on that?
1: So yeah, I have you know three point seven kilowatt hours on board. So if you you know if you're talking twenty watt hours a mile, you, you know you're you're over one hundred and fifty miles pedaling. My back can't handle that.
0: <laughs> so you don't want to sit on it that long.
1: <laughs> Essentially, have unlimited range. Yeah. I'm a taller guy, so after about sixty miles, my back is starting to hurt. So uh, that's about as far as I typically go. So
0: yeah, I find it interesting that we certainly could build e-bikes and sell them today that have you know over a hundred mile range, but most manufacturers aren't. They're going for those smaller ranges, and which which I assume is to keep costs down for the most part. But then I see e-bikes costing five, ten thousand dollars. And they still have that 20 to 50 mile range and they're not putting bigger batteries in. Curious if you have any thoughts on, on why we're seeing that, even though people always talk about range anxiety, we always put these small batteries in. I don't know. What are we doing?
1: Yeah. I think a lot of the claims are probably twice of what the battery would actually put out. You know, we can calculate how far you can go. So we typically use 13 watt hours a mile, um, all the way up to 20 watt hours a mile and that's that's if you you know, you have 750 watt motor and you're, you know, you're doing the 20 miles an hour uh, limit. Uh, when you step up to the higher power stuff and you're, you know, you're going 30 miles an hour, you're going to be using double that. So you're talking 40 watt hours a mile, especially above 30 miles an hour. The wind resistance really puts a lot of drag on you. So when I'm riding at 45 miles an hour, I'm using 75 80 watt hours a mile. So I, you know, having that big battery is crucial to get me. Uh, get around 60 miles a uh, charge at like 45 miles an hour or so.
0: Right. Which when you go to charge it up is still incredibly cheap to power it. So it's not, <laughs> it's not like it's inefficient by any means. Maybe you're paying uh, 50 cents to charge it up instead of 10 cents or something crazy and just throwing a number out there.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I really don't notice any difference in my power bill. E-bikes are so efficient compared to, you know, cars because, Even the Model 3, you know, it's using 230 watt hours a mile. There's a lot more weight there. So, yeah, I mean, I I think e-bikes really are the future of transportation because, you know, they're not going to be clogging up the roads. Even, you know, even an EV is going to need a parking space and um, it's still going to cause congestion. So, you know, I I really like riding e-bikes because, you know, I'm the fastest around in the city. I can get anywhere faster than the car, especially in Denver uh, with our traffic problems, so.
0: Yeah, I certainly believe that. Yeah. Because I'm not in a, a high-density city area here in Grass Valley. But when I was living in town and kind of went through town to some degree, it would be 20 minutes or so driving in a car. I could hop on my pedal bicycle, and I could make it home in less than 15 minutes. And I think the e-bike was close to like 10 minutes. It was just so much faster. Uh, it's insane. Oh, yeah. I know I talked to a guy recently who lives over in the Bay Area here in California, uh, and he was talking about how it takes him like like 45 minutes to go like three miles in his car from one location to another. So he's like, I need an e-bike because I can cut that 45-minute thing down into like a five, 10-minute trip easy, and then I don't have to worry about where am I going to park my car when I get there. So, so many advantages in that way.
1: Yeah. They make a lot of sense in that regard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I really think, you know, e-bikes are for commuters. You know, that's what we're seeing a lot of, you know, a lot of guys do buy them for that reason. And it's great for commuting. Cause you know, you can, you can go fast to the office in the morning and not have to take a shower. And then, you know, you get off work and you, you can turn that pedal assist down and get a workout. And, you know, you're just happy to be out there on two wheels and, you're not sitting in traffic, you know, mad at the world
0: and, um, <laughs>
1: it's, you know, it's just a really great way to get around, you know?
0: Yeah. It's like, you're having fun getting things done instead of just, like you said, just being upset, sitting in traffic. I totally can relate to that feeling.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's really changed my life as far as commuting. Um, you know, just been the best way to get around. It's, it's yeah, it gets cold and you know, you get wet, but you know, you just prepare for those conditions and, you know, you still got a smile on your face when you arrive. So,
0: <laughs> right.
1: Um, you know, it's if you want to be happy, get an e bike and commute on that e bike. It's it's an amazing experience. It's tough at the beginning, but um, it'll change your life.
0: I definitely agree. Whether you use it for commuting or just for fun, it's it's totally uh, just a eye opening thing to have. I have a hard time imagining not having an e bike. Like. You mean I got to get in my car to run from the shop over to the UPS store to drop off a package? Like, that's not fun. You know, I look forward to doing that. No. <laughs> um, if I need to rush a package over or something. Now, jumping back to batteries a little bit, a couple other things came to mind. I feel like one of the big questions people are always asking about, and I've addressed this a little bit, and there's there's certainly information online, but I think it'd be good to hear your opinion on this too, is charging there's so many questions about should I charge my battery to 100%? Should I charge to 90%? Should I not worry about it because it's probably going to die of old age before I use it up anyway? What are you telling people for best practices when you're either rebuilding or doing a custom battery for somebody? Because I bet when you're dealing with dead batteries, you get this more than I do.
1: Yeah, so we want you to enjoy your bike. You don't have to worry about it so much. You know, just get on and ride and enjoy. But you know, at the same time, you want to protect your investment. So you know, we recommend on a new battery, you know, especially from our competitors, that you charge it up and you know leave it on the charger for uh, like twelve hours, and that's just to let the BMS, the battery management system inside the battery, balance the pack. It should be balanced from the factory, but you know, we're seeing that you know a lot of these packs they'll they'll put the cells together in assembly and then they will charge it up. Well, we find that the cell voltages can be a hundred millivolts difference between each other. And that's, it's going to perf- affect the performance of the pack. So our process, we build, we will, first we match the cells and then we assemble it in the pack and then we charge it up and then we balance it. Uh, we try to get it down to, you know, one millivolt difference. And that starts the pack life out, you know, the best that it can. Because a lot of times these BMS are just really cheap and, you know, a lot of times they don't even balance that well. You could you could leave the pack on the charger for three days and it wouldn't balance. So, you know, starting that pack life out perfectly balanced is great. And then, you know, when it comes to charging regularly, um, you know, you don't want to leave it fully charged, especially in a hot garage. Like heat and high voltage is what kills these cells. You know, you want to keep it between 50 and 80 percent charge, you know, most of the time. You don't want to run it empty either because that does create a lot of heat. You know, the last 20%, you know, we're seeing temperatures, you know, over 100 degrees. Some of these double stack packs, we're seeing 140 degrees in the center of the pack uh, on that last 20% of discharge. So they get pretty warm and you want to keep it kind of in between, not fully charged, but not dead either.
0: Okay. So there definitely is a range to keep it lasting. And that's an interesting point about the BMS and some of these companies not using quality components. I feel like the, the common thing is to think about the cells. Oh, is it Samsung? Is it Panasonic? Is it, is it an A-brand cell? We recognize. But if the BMS that's keeping them balanced isn't good, then that's a tough one because we don't really know what they're using unless we open up a battery and look inside.
1: Yeah, you really don't. Um, (laughs) You know, a lot of companies do use name brand cells these days, but, you know, we're finding they're using nickel plated steel. They're not, you know, using enough nickel to handle the amount of current that's flowing through there. Um, And, you know, we're seeing wires that are running over sharp nickel tabs and they're not protected. A lot of the stuff you see on eBay and, any of the auction sites, it's pretty scary what we see. And you really got to spend a little more and get a quality pack. If it's, if it's too cheap, um, you know, it's too good to be true. Essentially. (laughs) So
0: that makes a ton of sense. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. The BMS really is the most important part. It keeps the pack safe. Number one.
0: And then it also, you know,
1: keeps it healthy, you know, keeps it balanced. And we just see a lot of cheap t- BMS, even, you know, some of them don't even have a balance circuit. And, you know, the ones that do, does the balance circuit work that well? So, yeah, we're, we're getting this specialized equipment. We'll be able to test the BMS on a standalone system and, you know, check all its function. And we can actually test this stuff out and uh, make sure it's all good to go. So, um, yeah, we're getting some pretty amazing equipment in.
0: Okay, so that's something that's up and coming that you're gearing up for and getting now.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we're not testing the BMS now, but, you know, a lot of the rebuilds we're doing on some of the higher end bikes. So they they have a really good BMS. Like the Stromer BMS is like probably one of the best. Um, we find their packs are perfectly balanced uh, after they've reached 80% of capacity, you know, left. So yeah, we typically don't have to replace the BMS on those. It's more of the, when you go on the cheap side of things, when, you know, when it gets scary and your pack's maybe going to last one to two years.
0: Yeah. If, if it's cheaper than a couple hundred dollars or something than everybody else, there's a good reason why it's cheaper. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's something about the overall package of the, the wiring, you know, the metal used to connect it. There's more than just the, the name brand of the cells that are in there that make that battery work the way it's supposed to.
1: Yeah, the problem is, you know, they all look the same in a picture, but you really got to ask yourself, what's in there? Why is it so cheap? It's scary.
0: (laughs) If only we could have an x-ray machine to just uh, view all the batteries beforehand to know what's inside there, because we really don't.
1: Yeah, that's not a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I might buy some of this stuff and uh, crack it open and see what's in there and show everybody, you know, this is not good <laughs> you,
0: know? I, you know i think that would be a great thing to see uh, i think people would love that information though oh this is a battery from such and such manufacturer or store or wherever we open it up and here's what the quality like and here's what another one is because the more information that's out there my opinion is if that information gets out then people are going to be aware of it and then they're going to Shop with more knowledge under their belt and be more conscious about what quality am I getting for what price. And my opinion is with motors or batteries or controllers, anything on electric bikes or anything like this that gets out there, it's only going to make things better because then those that aren't making good quality stuff, they're either going to go away or they're going to step it up. They, they kind of have to do one or the other. And you kind of force their hand when you do that. But I I think the industry as a whole, we all benefit when those things happen. At least that's my opinion of it. Absolutely. And one quick question that's been bugging me, and I kind of know the answer to this, but I think people are going to wonder. If someone has a dead battery and they need it to be rebuilt, how does that cost usually compare to buying a replacement?
1: Well, it depends on you know what kind of bike you have. The, the proprietary batteries, They're three times the cost that they should be. So (laughs) say like a a Bosch, you know, it's 500 watt hours. You know, that battery costs $900. And we can rebuild that for, you know, half the price. And, you know, you're still going to have a great battery. And like, you know, Stromer, the FT2, you know, that battery costs $2,000. Well, we can save you $1,000 on rebuilding that battery.
0: And it's not like they're sacrificing on... On anything, it's almost like they're, at least from what I've seen dealing with you, that sometimes, yeah, you save a $1,000, but what you get is actually better than what you would have bought anyway.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we try to increase the capacity because you're always going to want a bigger battery. And, uh, you know, another benefit of a bigger battery is you, you're drawing from a larger pool. You know, you're putting less stress on those cells because you're using them at a lower rate and, you know, you're, you're not going to be charging as much just because you're drawn from that larger pool. So you're going to have a better cycle life with a bigger battery. You know, that's why we see a lot of these 10 amp hour batteries. They'll die a lot quicker than, say, a 14 or 16 or 20 amp hour just because that pool is smaller and you're putting more stress on it. So, uh, yeah, we typically, you know, we recommend that you upgrade and, you know, just do a higher capacity. You know, you're already spending the money. You know, let's go ahead and make it better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if you can save some money in the process, then why wouldn't you do that? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I I certainly think things are going to go and continue going well for you because there's only going to be more and more e-bike batteries that are, unfortunately, but it's going to happen, as more e-bikes come out, there's going to be more dead batteries and people are going to be looking for replacements, especially for ones, I know there's a few brands out there where you have to buy the bike battery that they sell and nothing else fits, your only option is to pay the price that they charge or to get it repaired from somebody like you. And I I don't really know of anybody else that's doing it to the level of expertise that you are. So I think that's, that's awesome that you're offering this service.
1: We're going to do it at the highest level possible. We use, you know, the highest quality nickel uh, made in the USA. We're going to invest in some amazing testing equipment from Chroma. And, you know, this, this equipment they use at Lockheed Martin, they use that, you know, Ab Electronics. Um, we're getting some really amazing welders made in the US. So yeah, we're all about, you know, manufacturing in the US and, just doing it at the highest level possible. And, you know, we're just going to keep innovating and pushing the sport forward and just doing the best that we can.
0: Awesome. I love to hear that. And I'll definitely be watching your website and information to see if you, uh, post anything or announce anything new about battery technologies. Cause I feel like if you put it out there, then we know it's real. (laughs) If it's some other news article, then it's kind of like, eh, I don't know if that's coming. I'm just going to sit back and wait and see what happens. But I think we can we can trust what you have to say on on batteries. That's your thing, uh, and you're doing well with it.
1: Thanks, I appreciate that.
0: If people want to know more about what you do, and, or if they want to have a battery built or repaired, where do they need to go?
1: So the best way to contact us is through email. Um, you know, if you can provide, you know, what kind of bike you have, what are you looking to do? Are you looking to upgrade or just get a replacement? We're here to help you and keep your bike on the road as long as possible. You know, we don't want this stuff being thrown away because you can't find a new battery or, you know, you have a a wiring issue or bad terminals or something like that. Let's keep this stuff running as long as possible. And, um, you know, it just adds the efficiency of everything and keeps your costs down. And, you know, we're not using new materials. So that takes less energy to do that. So, you know, we're all about sustainability and, keeping things around as long as possible, you know, I, I just, I don't like things being thrown away. Just, you know, I, I hate the disposable economy. It just drives me nuts. So <laughs> I'm old school. I like stuff to last and, you know, be quality.
0: Yeah. These e-bikes can definitely be repaired. So you, you mentioned email. Remind us what your website is. What email should they contact you at? Cause I'm sure some people are going to want to reach out to you after, after hearing about this.
1: So you can contact us at H I C battery at gmail.com. And just give us a description of your battery, you know, you can take pictures if you like, and it just helps us further formulate a quote for you. You know, moving forward, we're going to have a lot of the stuff uh, on the website where you can just go in and order. So yeah, we're you know, we're updating all our website and you know, putting out more content and you know, just trying to support the community the best that we can.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate what you're doing. We're going to, for sure, I'm sure we'll be keeping in touch as things progress in the, the e-bike industry and just electric contraptions <laughs> as a whole.
1: <laughs> right. Seems like a new one comes out every day.
0: <laughs> we never know what's going to come. There, who knows what's next? Uh, there's so much room for, for improvement. Uh, I think we're going to see new things all the time. But thanks again for being on the show, especially when you haven't even heard it yet. So thanks to everybody who is listening for coming to hear Patrick from High c Battery. Thank you so much for listening to the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. That was episode number four with Patrick from High c Battery. If you want to check out more about what they do, go to Hi-C, that's H-I and then the letter C, battery.com. So hi They can build custom batteries for your e-bikes or other light electric vehicle projects. They can rebuild batteries and their quality is good. I have used them personally myself for several custom projects and would not hesitate to recommend them to you. Now, if you want to go check out an e-bike, make sure to go to boltonebikes.com. Of course, that's my website where you can see electric bikes and things that I have for sale. If you want to get notifications on new episodes for the podcasts that are coming out, please make sure to go to ebikepodcast.com. Not only will you get entered in for email notifications, but you're going to get an email from me showing you how to enter to win a free electric bike. So if you want to win an electric bike, go to ebikepodcast.com, enter there. And remember when you're riding your e-bike, don't crash and have fun.